0: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: So the idea I worked out was, or the idea that we we worked out, I don't know if we did this on the air or we did this after the show, but the idea was, it, if if Kyle Kuzma is a legitimate possibility, that that's where Kevin Herter comes into play, and you probably trade Kevin Herter and Davion Mitchell, and I think we had a conversation about Tyus Jones, yeah, yeah
2: that was last week, and
1: also. and Kyle Kuzma, and in that scenario. Kyle Kuzma could be the starting four. Now, Kenny presented a scenario where you go ultra big, but if Kyle Kuzma takes over the starting four spot and Harrison Barnes goes to the bench, Malik Monk can now be your starting two, and Harrison and Tyus Jones take over that second unit. The only issue with that, Kevin Herter is what, like a 6'8", two-guard, 6'9", two-guard? Like, that's probably something along the lines, more along the lines of what you want. But the Kings have shown that that backcourt with De'Aaron and Malik can be really, really effective. You think Mike
2: Brown's out on the Chris Duarte starting experiment? Yeah. Yeah?
1: <laughs> he he I, think, <laughs> I think he's out on the Chris Duarte playing basketball uh, experiment.
2: I got you. I want to throw that one out
1: there. Yeah, I don't know the last time Chris Duarte like played like played meaningful minutes. He didn't play this weekend.
2: Maybe just spot starter like, hey, here's five minutes, go out there and then Malik you get the rest, but
1: No, then we don't need that. I got you. No, we, 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 we no we don't we don't need that. Uh Chris DeWerte has played one game. He played two minutes and forty two seconds against Golden State since they played Milwaukee on January fourteenth. It's nice knowing you. Yeah, it's just so bizarre. Like he played he played all but four games up till that point. Yeah, he played all but four games up until that point. And now he can't get on the floor. Yeah, it's not he was playing. I mean, there's a couple of games where he played two minutes. There's a game here where he played 55 seconds, but there's also a game where he played 21 minutes, 26 minutes. 14 minutes like he was he was a part of what mike was doing until until that milwaukee game and then he wasn't
2: we can literally play that game too for about like maybe three two other people on the bench for different oh, parts on the season
1: probably yeah probably come to think about it when was when did when was the last time alex lynn played because i feel like we've gotten a lot of javel games recently and
2: Sasha at one point was getting some minutes, and then all of a sudden he wasn't.
1: Alex Lynn hasn't played since the Indiana game, so he's missed the last seven. And we're getting we're getting heavy. Yeah, he's yeah. The the, the Alex Lynn thing has always been weird because I feel like when Alex Lynn plays, he plays well.
2: Alex Lynn to me feels like breaking case of emergency for the Kings. We need some size, or we need to be physical down low, or whatever. Like get Alex Lynn out here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it could be as simple as that. It's weird. It's weird. Mike, I always say this. Mike Brown's a funny dude. Mike Brown just does just like random stuff sometimes. Like the like the Chris Duarte stuff. Play two minutes and 54 seconds. All right. And then he's not playing again. He throws in Kessler Edwards in the second half, who's pretty good. Like Kessler Edwards, I think, wound up playing like six, seven minutes in that game. And then, you know, we've seen Kessler Edwards get a little bit more of a steady run. But, yeah, Mike Brown's funny, man. He's funny. Get some wins. He's got some wins going for sure right now. Um, Harrison had 22 versus Indiana. He was a big reason the Sacramento Kings were able to win that one. Had 10 uh, versus Chicago. And the ball is moving. Kings are now 18-2 and two when hitting that 30-assist marker. That's one of my favorite uh, barometers uh, of measuring how this Kings team plays, but funny enough, you look back at the the Pacers game; they had 26 assists in that one. It felt like the ball was flying all over the place, and they they were cooking against Chicago, particularly at the start of the third quarter. They were really cooking against Chicago. They had 33 assists. That Chicago game, low key weird. They had they had that game in hand. It felt like super comfortable. Just that, it it's like this team's playing really well. This is a good look for Sacramento. Then they come out in the second half, and they are on fire and that you know eighteen point lead or whatever it was suddenly stretches to thirty and it's like, oh this game this game's over this is a good look for Sacramento well done and then they couldn't hit a basket and as I'm watching i and I remember thinking this as this game was happening, and I felt obviously much better about it when it was over but I didn't hate the way that the Kings played in the third quarter. Sometimes you see the Kings go on a cold streak like that and another team go on a run, and it's three, three, open three, contested three, open three, transition three, and you just see, okay, they stopped hitting their outside shot, which they did. That happened at the start of their drought in the third quarter, but then they started getting to the basket. De'Aaron Fox to the basket, to the basket, HB to the basket and one after another, after another, after another, the ball just rolled off the rim.
2: I mean, yeah, you just kind of chalk that up to just not even bad luck, which no matter of when I hitting their shots right now, that's all it is at that point. Like what more do you want us to do?
1: And that's why I just didn't have as big of an issue as some people did with them blowing that lead. Cause I felt like they were at least attempting to play the right way. They were attempting, Hey, the three point shot stopped falling. Let's get to the basket. We either get a layup or we get a foul call. They didn't get the, any foul calls, and the layups were falling off the rim. I, I, I just have, I just have little beef with that. And they actually hit their free throws for the most part against Chicago.
2: It's only an issue when you're blowing these leads. Like if you're, like you said, just taking a bunch of threes, not any threes, and you're playing sloppy, turning the ball over every time. But if you're trying to get to the basket and trying different things and it's just not working, yeah. it's like, all right, you're just. This is not working for us right now. Chicago's playing good ball. It is what it, it is. What it is at that point.
1: Domas was struggling there a bit in that third quarter. He turned the ball over quite a bit. I think he had six turnovers in the Chicago game, and I think two or three of them were during that stretch in in the third quarter. But outside of that, you're right. Like I, I don't have an issue with how they were playing. They um, cleaned it up enough to the point where they still got the W too. So it's like, and then that's the other thing, right? Because we've asked whether this team, you know, we've asked this team to respond. Like, get punched in the face, respond. Get punched in the face, respond. Well, they got punched in the face against Chicago, and that would have been, you talk about bad losses. You thought Phoenix was bad. You think some of these losses Sacramento has had over this last you know stretch have been bad. This Chicago one would have been tough. It would have erased all of the good vibes from Friday night. It was a game you had well in hand. And then you're left with that, who is this? You're left with that confusing feeling about this basketball team again. Who is this basketball team? And you didn't have to though, because they closed out. De'Aaron hit free throws late. De'Aaron was ten of twelve uh, from the free throw line in 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 the in the Chicago game. The Kings, as a team, shot twenty four of twenty nine uh, from the free throw line. That's eighty two percent. That's worth pointing out. It's eighty two point eight percent. Because the night before, they were 18 of 28, good for 64.3%. So the ups and downs at the free throw line uh, continue for Sacramento. But when they needed them the most against Chicago, they were able to hit them.
2: I feel like now with the free throws, is just the point where it's not even a major talking point. Just because it's either either they made them today or they didn't. You, know? like, well, you can't really depend on, depend on it at all.
1: Yeah, I think one of the most encouraging aspects of the last two games is the fact that they shot twenty eight of them and twenty nine of them. Yeah, getting to the line at least. Yeah. They're getting they're getting to the line. Obviously you don't want them to shoot sixty four percent from the foul line, but that was a game that you won by double digits. Well you
2: don't want the misses either to like deter you from getting to the getting to the mm-hmm. paint and all that and kind of just getting in your head and adding more. That it is sense.
1: it is a bit of a it is a bit of a killer in the fact that You've lost games this year at the foul line, and I don't know. Like I again, I, I I don't, I don't know what corrects it. Like I don't know what, I don't know how to fix this. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't know what to say. Like if I'm Mike Brown, Mike Brown has said this post game. Domas has said it. Malik has said it. They shoot free throws. It's not, it's not like they just go watch film. You know, do a walkthrough and leave like they, yeah, they shoot, practice this they stuff sh- right they shoot free throws every single day every single practice every single shoot around but just for some reason you have games like the Indiana one where they just don't drop
2: yeah i think at this point it's like i said it's just either they're going to hit them or they're not but it's just a mental thing for them not yeah. more so saying like it's like a bad thing or whatever but just more so either i don't know if it's a locked in or whatever but i don't know it's not it's not a matter of they're not working on it enough yeah
1: 916-909-1320 If you want to get in uh, on the phone lines, we would love, love, love to hear from you. Uh, as always, De'Aaron. Go, 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 going back to that Chicago game, De'Aaron felt like we talked about, and I and I led, and I thought this. I thought it was appropriate to lead the show with how De'Aaron Fox is playing defensively because he's playing at such an extraordinary level, and he's playing at a different level defensively. He's playing. Um, at a level that I don't think we have seen him consistently play. We talk about the 11 steals. I know Jill was in the chat earlier talking about the amount of deflections he has over this stretch. He's third in the league in uh, steals, and I think I think I heard a stat that he's third in the league in deflections. And that's now you know now you're up there with the you know the 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 golden goose SGA. Now you're up there with Donovan Mitchell. Now you're up there with some of the best defending point guards in the league. And the clear, one of the clear separators, if not the clear separator between SGA and De'Aaron has always been on the defensive end. And if Fox is starting to level that out a little bit, oh, boy. Let's get to Jamil here, 916-909-1320. Jamil, what's up, baby?
3: What's up, what's up, boys? Uh, quick thing, man. Um, so apparently, uh, Joel is out. Had a couple couple trade talks out there for you guys. Okay. So Tobias Harris. I don't know if you guys know his his contract, but they're talking about if they're going to sit down, uh, Joel for the rest of the year. That Tobias is on the table. Mm. That's one. And another one. Um, apparently there's been multiple offers for Caruso, and apparently Chicago doesn't want to budge from Caruso. So. I was thinking, you know, what do you guys think as far as, like, Tobias's contract? Someone else I heard was, uh, was Jason Hayward, Gordon Hayward. I can't remember. The guy from uh, Charlotte.
1: Gordon Hayward, yeah. So he's,
3: uh, yeah, he, he's he's on the table, too. So I just wanted to get your guys' input on, my, on that, on the trade. Sure. Just tell me what you guys think.
1: Yeah, Tobias is cool. Tobias is $39 million this year, and that's it. He's an unrestricted free agent next year. He'll be 32 years old, and I don't know how you orchestrate that.
2: Yeah, I don't even think that's something Philly maybe wants to do.
1: Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how. It, like, yeah, I don't know what you, I don't know how to even approach that. If I were Sacramento, how to even like, look, hey, I'll give I'll, you, a, yeah, a, like, I'll give you a pick.
2: Well, even at that point, too, it's a lot of salary you got to match, too.
1: Yeah, right. It's thirty nine million dollars. Well, I don't, I don't know if you have to match thirty nine million dollars or if you have to match the remaining thirty nine million dollars because it's, it's literally just this year. So yeah, I'm not sure, but I don't know how to. I don't know what I'd do with that. Do
2: you think like Gordon Hayward is a buyout candidate, though?
1: Okay. Maybe off the bench? Yeah, it's fine. I'm, I mean, it's fine. It, it, like, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, he just doesn't, you know, he, he goes the way of Chris Duarte. Yeah, and
2: then you <laughs> mentioned Caruso, too. That feels like that's the name, uh, like, after the Kuzmas and the Grants, like, that's the name after. we like, that's the one I think Kings fans want most.
1: Bro... This Caruso conversation is getting absurd.
2: Oh yeah, we're gonna have to give up five first round picks for him. Oh, eventually. this is getting
1: like what? What would the the, the they they had a? Uh, oh, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember who wrote it. An OG and Ananobi like deal. Yeah,
2: is that type of that type of deal? I'm
1: sorry for Alex Caruso.
2: Still and getting still getting that Lakers rub, years later.
1: Man, I guess you a Laker. You eat forever. He's
2: a great player, but he's not. That's not OGN. No, an he's OB a good player. Yeah. That's not an he's, OG OGN type player.
1: He's a good player and an elite defender. Shoot, what he did, like the way he was guarding De'Aaron on those final possessions in the uh, uh, of that Chicago game, was infuriating. He's incredible. Like not a, there aren't talking about the fastest player in the league, and Alex Caruso found a way to stay step. For step with him i, I <laughs> i'm gonna need this conversation to die a little bit before i entertain that sir you can have a first round pick and a
2: second round pick if you'd like that
1: yeah like and that's probably the extent of it you talk about like look like, like let's remember og that was rj barrett and who else
2: um uh, Emmanuel quickly. quickly
1: no chicago
2: gets that return no, for Alex Perus, so that's immediate executive of the year
1: oh absolutely they could shut the rest of the season down, and he wins executive Easily. of the year if he pulls that off. But what it might boil down to, and we can look at his, his status here real quick, they, they might just not want to get rid of him. That might be what this is really about. They might not want to get rid of Alex Caruso. He's only partially guaranteed for next year. So he has a... <laughs> Chicago needs to calm his ass. They need to calm their asses down. This is preposterous. The trade market hasn't been the same since Go It's his fault. Not terribly wrong, man. Not terribly wrong. We've talked about the the 76ers there. We'll take a, uh, uh, a trip around the NBA, talk a couple of things that happened over the weekend. And the Kings are a top 10 team defensively on the road. We'll talk about that. Will Z on the way, James Hamm as well, here on Sacramento
0: Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. Call from mom. Answer it.
1: Will Z coming up uh, in the 2 o'clock hour. James Ham coming up in the final hour of the show. The Sacramento Kings will take on a red-hot Cleveland Cavaliers team. They might not even be hot. They might be white-hot. That team is playing phenomenal basketball right now. We'll talk more about that just so I'll know Donovan may be in the three-point shooting contest. Uh, obviously, he's an all-star. Someone make the argument he should have been an all-star starter over Dame, But uh, hard to go wrong when it's either Dame or Donovan. Uh, Those two are playing great, great basketball over there. A couple of notes around the league. We mentioned this real quick. Zach Levine uh, will have season-ending surgery. It feels like they were really, really struggling to pinpoint exactly what was going on and exactly how to diagnose it. And it feels like they were to avoid surgery at all costs until it became a situation where they just can't avoid it anymore. And Zach Levine will have surgery. shut him down for the season. And, of course, it will almost certainly shut down any trade rumors. Uh, surrounding him uh, in this upcoming trade deadline, as I'm sure teams would be much more interested in approaching Chicago uh, in the offseason when he's healthy. Or maybe they won't be interested in approaching him then. Um, Joel Embiid, uh, he will have surgery. The 76ers haven't yet ruled him out uh, for the entire season, but it does feel like it's trending that way. Uh, Certainly a tough break for Philadelphia as those years are starting to just kind of they're kind of starting to add up in years that you're an upper echelon team and just can't quite get over that hump. Feels like Philadelphia has been there, you know, for about five years now where they've been right there on the cusp of being a title contender or a team that some would consider a title contender and just they they can't get over the hump, This to no fault of their own. Uh, Joel f- was playing pretty bad pretty banged up through a, a, a chunk of this season. And then you had the unfortunate play with Jonathan Kaminga where he landed uh, on his knee. And that just – it, it was a tough spot, looked like a tough injury. And, of course, you know, the, the, the worst was confirmed as uh, Joel will have surgery. Again, the 76ers have yet to rule him out uh, for the entire year. Uh, there's a slugfest going on in the Western Conference right now with Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Denver – and the Los Angeles Clippers, they're all within one game of each other battling for the top spots in that conference, and I mentioned this uh, to the insiders earlier. The Kings right now have kind of solidified themselves in like a second tier, and they're starting to be a third tier, which is great news for Sacramento because the second tier consists of the 5, 6, and the 7 spot. So you look at it right now, you've got Denver in the four spot. Again, you've got Denver, Clippers, they're all within a game of each other for the top spot in the East, uh, Western Conference. That spot's probably going to change a lot just by the day. Clippers, by the way, 14-3 and three since 2024 began. And I think the number is 25-5 and five over the last 30 games. Uh, They are playing incredible basketball. and They might not just be the best team in the West. The Clippers right now don't need to make a playoff joke or a James Harden joke. They might be the best team in the NBA right now. Uh, They're playing at a a, a phenomenal level. But when you look at these tiers in the Western Conference, you have Oklahoma City, Minnesota, the Clippers, and you have the Nuggets, right? And then you have Sacramento at 5th. Sacramento's four and a half back from Denver. They're four back from the Clippers. So that's a, that's a, that's a bit of a, that's some clear separation right there. Then you've got Phoenix. They're only a game back uh, from Sacramento. Then you got the Pelicans who are a game and a half back of Sacramento. And of course they're a little bit more frustrating because they beat the Kings. So many times already, they've they've got that tiebreaker on lock. So if Sacramento and New Orleans were to end up with the same record, New Orleans, of course, uh, gets the nod because they have the tiebreaker and then some. But I think that right there is your second tier. Then you got Dallas. Dallas is three and a half back from Sacramento. And you can throw... Los Angeles and Utah in there if you if you want to as the as as the you know that third tier if you wanted to stretch it a little bit further and throw Houston and Golden State in there that's perfectly fine. Houston and Golden State are far from out of this thing. Memphis I think is pretty safely out of this. Portland's pretty safely out of this. San Antonio despite the fact they're on TV every 5 minutes they're a 10 and 40 basketball team. So you have that you know, fighting, you know, fighting for the play And Dallas is in the upper part of the play but they're not quite in that tier where I would put New Orleans, Phoenix, and, and Sacramento. And that's another thing where that Phoenix game comes into just like a little smidge bit of extra frustration because that would have solidified the tiebreaker for Sacramento. If they were able to close out that final seven minutes, that would have been three wins over the Phoenix Suns. And while you don't have the tiebreaker against New Orleans, you have it against Phoenix, and it looks like, at least as of right now, these teams are kind of they're going to be throwing down a little bit in that second tier of offensive teams. Now, James asked the question: or the second tier of Western Conference teams, excuse me. James asked earlier, uh, just a scheduling note, though, for those who want to keep up on scoreboard watching. Of course, with Cleveland and Sacramento tonight, you've got uh, Atlanta and the Clippers. You got Golden State at Brooklyn and then you've got New Orleans uh, hosting the Toronto Raptors. So a couple of games there. I'd, I'd say we should all be big Raptors fans uh, in this one tonight. But James asked me earlier if I thought, you know, Monty McNair wants to you know, make a push and contend and try to get into that upper echelon group. And, of course, you you want them to be able to. You look at the way Sacramento's playing right now, they're, they're, they're playing really well, but the question to me doesn't just become How well is Sacramento playing, or does Sacramento play good enough to get into that that top four conversation with Denver, the Clippers, Minnesota, and Oklahoma City? The question is, does one of those teams play bad enough to fall back? And that's how you start to separate these teams a little bit. It's not just who's on a hot streak playing well. It's who falls back to the pack a little bit. Like we saw Phoenix get really, really hot for a split second and then cool down almost immediately. We saw New Orleans get hot. And then cool down. We saw Dallas. Dallas was up in the top six. Dallas, I think, was in the top four at one point in the season. Now they're in the eighth spot. You know, we're kind of seeing these teams, you know, all over the place. But the fact that Sacramento has kind of been steady right there, they're probably playing their best stretch of basketball uh, of the entire season right now. they're, They're not done. But what happens next? Can they continue it against Cleveland? You've got Detroit coming up. You've got Denver coming up. Obviously beating Denver can go a long way in in getting you, you know, getting you into that getting you into that top 4 conversation. But to realistically be in that conversation by the time Friday comes here, you probably have to beat Cleveland tonight. Then you got to beat Detroit. And then you got to beat Denver. And none of that is taken into account what Denver does over the course of the next couple of days. So that's more where I feel the Sacramento Kings might be slotted right now just outside that top four. Is because I don't know that any of those top four teams are going to play bad enough to fall back. I don't think Denver will. I'm confident Denver will not play bad enough to fall back. I don't think the Clippers will. I completely buy what we're seeing from them right now. Minnesota, I haven't given enough credit. Um... They're a long, frustrating defensive team. But Oklahoma City, they're legit. They're fun. They got some hoopers. But I'm watching. And I think it's fair to say that because that's what everybody did with Sacramento last year, right? When Sacramento made the ascension, this is the difference between media loving you and not loving you. Ain't nobody talked about Oklahoma City falling back. And nobody talked about Oklahoma City. Oh well, you know when the when the trade deadline gets here, when the All Star game gets here, boy, it's 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 gonna it's gonna hit different on the other end. Uh, okay.
2: I mean, looking at those teams too. Like, let's say the Kings are locked into the fifth seed come playoff time. Looking at those four teams, is it safe to say you'd rather play one of the top two teams rather than Denver or Los Angeles right now?
1: I do not want to play Los Angeles at all. I, I mean, obviously, I I mean they have what 2 wins on Oklahoma City, 3 wins on Oklahoma City this year? Yeah, I'll take that. Minnesota, Minnesota, I don't Minnesota, I just I just can't get a grasp for them. I remember asking going into that Kings Timberwolves game, like what do the Timberwolves do really well? Like what are they as a basketball team? Trying to make their hallmark on defense. I got you. Obviously, that's a major outlier in this league, but salute. I get it. And then I, then I watch them, and it's like, okay, they are a really frustrating team defensively. I'm not going to go so far as to say I wouldn't want to see them, but I'd rather see Oklahoma City. And Oklahoma City' is the one team that the one team in the top four that I'm just going to keep my eye on. Again, it's not hate. It's not, "Oh, they're young, oh, they're going to fall back. Oh, everyone's going to ramp up. It's none of that stupid nonsense that they said about Sacramento last year. It's just, I just want to see them maintain this. Because right now, and this is my L, these are my own expectations, they're playing above what I expected them to be at. I expected Oklahoma City to be more in the range of where Sacramento and Phoenix are right now. I didn't expect them to be in the conversation with the top four teams. I expected them to be in the conversation with the top six teams. Uh, and now here they are sitting at the, the 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 top of the conference, so that's the one team I have my eye on. Minnesota, I'd laugh if they failed; it would make me laugh. I don't know why they never did anything to me. I think I just hate how everybody pom poms for them, um, but I don't think that's happening. They're they're a well coached team. Uh, Chris Finch is not here for their nonsense, and they play a certain way and stick to it. And it's maddening to watch. Like they, they really, they were a frustrating watch against Sacramento. And I'm in on the Clippers and Denver. Denver, as long as they've got everyone on the floor, I just think is an old steady hand.
2: Denver's the only team that's earned their respect no matter what they do. I think. Yeah.
1: Hmm. But what, how the rest of this shakes out is is what I'll find more more compelling. Where does Sacramento fall on in, in, in all of this? Does Phoenix make another run? before the season ends i have no clue who the new orleans pelicans are absolutely none
2: well that's the thing the two teams behind them like phoenix how much do you trust them to be healthy the rest of the season like right now they're behind the kings they'll have to play catch up to the kings it's only half game or whatever you get what i'm saying and the yeah. same thing with the pelicans like they're not the healthiest team either so right now the kings are in a good spot
1: and the pelicans the what's so weird about the pelicans and and i know kings like <laughs> It feels like the Pelicans when they play the Kings are the greatest team in the world. Like you watch that team play and you wonder like how does this team lose? Like they're athletic, they're 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 explosive. They get shoot just a the matchup th- thing clearly cuz they don't look like that against everybody else. Either that or they really really get up to play Sacramento, but they don't look like that against everybody else. And that's the, I was like I don't I don't know what they are. Phoenix I'm I don't see them... I don't see another run coming from Phoenix. I think we saw it, and I think they just kind of play this kind of steady, hot, cold thing the rest of the year. Dallas, I don't buy. No matter what happens over the next four days, the Lakers getting into the top six, I don't buy. And Utah's cute, but... I don't see them as a top six team either.
2: They're yeah, starting with Dallas and like those teams after Dallas that like you kinda mentioned. That like the starting they're starting to form their own tier where you kinda mm-hmm. like you kinda know what they are going forward and stuff like that. I think I think with the Pelicans, they're kinda like the Kings though, in the sense where you're still waiting for them to develop into something maybe. I think the Kings might be a little bit more far ahead. Just given I'm I do not know if there's another move coming for the Pelicans like there is for the Kings. Yeah. But I, I think maybe. I think they're in the same they're in the same spot.
1: Yeah, the Pelicans have the Pelicans have good a good nucleus to build around and work with. They actually have a really good roster. I think they're a team that's playing below what they should be. They're a team, I think, like Zion. Like
2: they need to well, figure out like the extra, like the like the, the winning things. You know, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm
1: saying? Yeah, they might need to move on from Zion. You still think so? Even though they're playing pretty well this year? Well, I'm like, so what? Look, you've got a team with Zion Williamson. Brandon Ingram, CJ. McCollum, right that's your that's your three. Herb Jones is a really good ball player. Fallon is a very difficult guard at that like or, or a player at that position. Like what's like 28 and 21 doesn't feel right to me to me to me, that roster feels like a better that group feels like a better basketball team. But maybe they're not. I mean, clearly they're not. They're twenty-eight and twenty-one. I see what you're saying, but I think I think um, I, I I think they're still pretty
2: young. I think they're still figuring things out. Okay, Herb Jones, like he's still I like, like he's starting Jones. to develop into his own. Zion, he's a great player, but he's still like I said, he hasn't had like full seasons to play yet or whatever. Ingram, he's 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 been around the league in a bit, but I think they just need to develop a little bit more.
1: Do the Rockets or the Warriors get into the top ten? The Rockets, the Rockets right now are just a game back from Utah. The Golden State Warriors are a game and a half. If I had to pick
2: one, I'm not sure either does. Just because I like Will Harden, I like the way Utah plays, and I think they'll just they'll, they'll just be around. So I don't think I don't know I don't know if either does. But if I'd between Houston and Golden State, I think I'm going Houston.
1: Mm. Houston will well, be. In,
2: I think it's Houston barring a move from Golden State. Hmm. But Jonathan is also playing really well lately, too. He's playing incredible. Yeah, he's turning it up.
1: I just, man, (laughs) you got Steph build around that dude, man. He is really, really good. Houston, I think, is really interesting in the next couple of days. Houston has space to absorb, like, a contract, like a decent contract. They have guys who could be moved. What they do over the course of the next four days, I think, will be interesting. All this talk about they're aiming for, like, their 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 name their team is tied to like too many names for me to take seriously. And
2: that's gonna be a, that's that's the one team you always see big name or whatever. Houston Rockets always, mm-hmm. just yeah. given their their situation. Yeah,
1: their 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 situation works for that. Now, what the hell is Utah's plan? I don't know. We'll leave that to B-Low and JC in Salt Lake City, but yeah, I don't know what their plan is. It feels like
2: they'll know it when it comes to them with Utah. Because I'm not sure what Danny Ainge is doing either. It's like they're good, but it's like there's just like this team as is is not going to win anything. It's not going to develop into anything.
1: Uh, going back to the Kings, uh, I mentioned this before the break. I think this is credited to Deuce Mason on the telecast, I think. can't remember if it was the telecast or the podcast, but he said the Kings are a top 10 team defensively on the road, it's almost the same exact thing that happened last year, where the I think the number was the the Sacramento Kings are like a twenty sixth ranked defensive team at home and like eight on the road, and it was virtually identical to that last year. Uh, and here they are again, a top ten team defensively on the road. And the funniest thing about that is last year they all they like they talked about it, they acknowledged it, and I think they even talked about it. In the post the the uh, the postseason or the off season, I guess where and I can't remember if it was De'Aaron or who it was, but someone said, "Yeah, we've got to we've got to be more consistent in our defensive efforts on the road or, or our defensive efforts at home because we were really good on the road, and then when we get at home, we just kind of rely on the crowd and the noise and the atmosphere and all that stuff to kind of pick us up, and it's just." It's it's always so fascinating to me when you recognize an issue. You're like, hey, here's a problem. Here's what we've got to do to fix it. And you just can't seem to fix it. Well, it's because it's almost like a crutch because it's
2: like, yeah, we need to fix this, but it's also, hey, we could still win this way too, though. Like, you know, like I'm not saying like they're not actively trying to fix it, but it's like just a little bit more difficult just given like it works on the other end too. If you get what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. The Kings, the Kings are fourteen and eight at home, and they're fifteen and eleven on the road. Uh, Those are their those are their splits right now. Fourteen and eight at home, fifteen and eleven on their road. The plus the 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 point differential is up to a full point, I think, for the first time all season. Making progress finally. Hey, we're getting there. Kings are back. We're back, baby. The Beam team is back. Uh we're making we're making progress, but yeah, they have a, a, a plus 1.0 a plus one point zero uh point differential. Do
2: you think there's anything to them playing better defense on the road though? Because like you said, we did see this last
1: year, so it's just kind of like eh. I don't know I don't I don't know what it means. Like I, I don't so you you have this stat and it's a very clear definitive stat now with a large sample size that dates back to last year where the number's virtually identical. If I'm Mike Brown, what do I do with this information?
2: That's the thing. I don't think there's anything you can do because it's like, like you said, this dates back to last year. If any progress was going to be made, we probably would have saw it already.
1: The only thing you have if you're Mike Brown or if I'm trying to hang my hat on something is like, yo, look, you could do it. Like, you can play... The way we practice, you can play the way I ask you to. You can execute everything we go over in all of these film sessions. It's clear. It's not a hypothetical. It's not a what if. It's not a maybe. We have now a season and a half of documented evidence that you can do this. But for some reason, you only do it half the time. I'm just throwing things
2: out there too right now. We're being broadcast journalists, I guess, but I wonder, like I wonder what their points per game is at home compared to the road. Because, like, say they're scoring one twenty or whatever at home, and they're just getting up and down the court. Like, it's probably a little bit harder to play defense. You know, your defense probably takes a step back just given you're putting up all these points, energy is being used, and all that. Maybe the on the road the game slows down a bit because you're not playing off the home court energy and all that. So maybe you do you are able to lock in a little bit more. You get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I would call Will Z to look this up. Yeah, Will, I'm- if you're around. Well, Will's in a meeting. I know that for certain that Will is in a meeting right now, but uh, we'll ask him when he joins us coming up. Uh, I think he's with us at 2.30. We'll ask him then to look that up because I could try to fumble my way through it now, but since Kenny's not here, that would kind of be a bit of a mess. I always know I can look something up and just let Kenny cook for a minute. Uh, I wouldn't even – I'm not savvy enough on stats. And watching Will pull up stats on his phone on Friday was hysterical because Will – has like this little baby iPhone. I don't even know what number it is, but it's like this little baby like iPhone mini. Like I got the, I could I pull up anything here on my phone and see it and be just fine. Will's got this, just this tiny little baby iPhone that he was, you know, going to stats, you know, pro basketball reference.
2: Will was ready to go, too, because I can't remember what the stat was, but hey, you know, like, would you be able to look this up or whatever? He's like, you know, it'll probably take me 15 minutes, but I can Will's just at all times ready to go.
1: Oh, always. Yeah, he's he's ready. Thankfully, we got securing the Bagley here, too, at home. They're at 121.3 points per game, and on the road, they score 116. But you were asking how much they give up, right? Is that what you were asking? How many points they give up on the road versus at, at
2: at home, I, mean, I was asking more about how... They, no, that the, the security bag has right. How much okay. they score at home? Okay, just given like you're gonna score enough at home or whatever. Like you, you, you have a little bit more um, room for error, I guess. If you get, like, if yeah. you know what I'm saying, in a way, I'm not yeah. saying they're taking they're taking it off, but more so it's just. Well, no, now well, I, remember I think because like you're getting back up up and down the court, you're putting up all these points and all that. Your defense well, isn't gonna be as sharp just because, like I said, you're just tired. Well, it's what they, but it's
1: it's it's. I think it's literally what. You know, De'Aaron or whoever it was said last year, where it was like, we just rely on the crowd, we rely on the energy, we rely on scoring, we rely on getting up and down. It's it, it, to your point. That's that's exactly what it is. But if I'm Mike, I'm like, yo, why? Like what? <laughs> Y'all, we could probably win more games if you brought a little of that, you know, Indiana energy over here to Sacramento, because they guarded Tyrese, fantastic. I was so confused because we were at the, you know, we were at 32 Brew Street at Sky River Casino. I saw they showed Tyrese in street clothes. I didn't think he was playing. The game started. Tyrese is, and I didn't realize Tyrese came off the bench, which I guess is is a new form of injury management. That I remember. I'm not going to crap on it. I always find it odd because to me it always makes more sense to start because you're warm. Like you're you've been warming up. You've been going through all of these paces. But there's also a belief, and I think Kawhi Leonard once laid this out when he started, I think it was this season or last season, I can't remember which one, I think it was this one, where he started on the bench and it was like that our team has constructed a way where I can play a certain amount of time and it makes more sense to do it coming off the bench than starting. So I was confused when I saw Tyrese come off the bench, but I thought Sacramento guarded him brilliantly. I mean, he had – I mean – Ty- 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 Tyrese is a phenomenal point guard and one of the things that he does really well is not turn the ball over and they t- they forced Tyrese into five turnovers the other night.
2: Well, it's like you said I think it's not a matter of this team like just lacks defenders just they need to know just how to play defense at all times. No just stop turning turning it up in moments. I feel like, two in the playoffs, we kind of saw it last year where the defense and the regular season wasn't great, but we did see him play a little bit better come playoff time, too.
1: And so is the idea. Okay, I have a question regarding that. I'm going to make that note. Defense in moments. We'll come back. We'll talk more Kings basketball. We'll talk more NBA basketball. We'll talk about what happened on Friday night that had a couple of people in an uproar. And when I say a couple, I mean a lot. We'll talk about that, and plus we'll get back to this defense in moments. Things here uh, with the Sacramento Kings. Will Z on the way, as is James Ham here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN thirteen twenty. So, a couple of Kings things uh, we want to get to, uh, including getting getting back to the to the conversation about defense. Or man, Johnny had a really good question uh, that I want to answer here. But the wrestling world was in an uproar. Uh, I'm almost hesitant to talk about this because I know Casey cook on this subject. Tomorrow, but man, oh man, they Friday happy. night in the wrestling world was wild. And I understand people's frustration. I love The Rock. I love Roman, love Cody Rhodes. I've always loved the idea of The Rock and, and Roman. But it's been pretty clear, Cody is the guy. They want, they, wrestling fans, the WWE universe, they want Cody Rhodes. And I, and I, and I got that. And I always said, you've got to let, let stories play out. Like it, it felt like The Rock was out of there. Apparently, he's not, because on Friday, Friday, Cody asked the story, "What Cody question? What is finishing the story?" And he goes in to talk about taking everything from Roman Reigns, taking the championship, taking it all, and then he says, "But not at WrestleMania," which is okay, okay. And then he says, "I've counseled with someone who you know well. does the dramatic pause if you smell what the rock is cooking his hit. the crowd goes nuts. rock comes out. no words exchanged, just a stare down the The broadcast cuts before what I think was I think they missed the the most important shot is Roman holds the title up. You had to catch that on social media. so by all appearances, it shoot not by all appearances. It's happening. It's Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. With no explanation as to why Cody Rhodes isn't wrestling Roman Reigns at WrestleMania.
2: Yeah, we did this whole two-year thing or whatever. Cody wins the Rumble just for him to face Seth Rollins, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess. I don't. So part of my my hang-up was I knew it. It's, it's going to be Rock Roman one night and then Cody and, and Roman the other. Except he said, not at WrestleMania. So that that idea is gone. And then I started like trying to book, like, w- what are they doing? Then I realized, stop doing that. It doesn't matter. It's February 5th. WrestleMania is in like April. Let the story play out. There's a story to be told, but what is it? Tonight's Monday. The Kings game will end nice and early. We can flip on Monday Night Raw. Ro- I got to assume Cody's going to be there. Cody's going to have to speak, and they better have a pretty damn good explanation as to why he's passing on wrestling Roman Reigns and when he's going to go take it all. From him, as he said.
2: That is the logical way to go about it. We could also just be mad about it, too.
1: Well, there's a lot of people that are mad about it, and they're pointing to disliked YouTube videos and comments on Instagram. It it has
2: to end with Cody facing, like, in that match somehow, though, right? At WrestleMania?
1: I don't know that it has to happen at WrestleMania. I just, to me... The, the 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 so I I hate one one thing I hate about wrestling is it often just it's storytelling and it often just lacks logic. If you want to take everything from Roman, and you're giving this title match to The Rock, what if The Rock beats him? That's what I'm saying. Like the way they book there's it, there's no makes logic no sense. behind yes. it. Yes, and so this is the stuff. This is the stuff where like. Non wrestling fans, this is the eye roll inducing stuff. It makes no sense. A good story, there's connective tissue, right? You tie. Let's go back. What it, 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 it was on this day in 1988,
2: 33 years ago, I think it was.
1: 33 years ago, that Hulk Hogan and the Andre the Giant, NBC, the main event, 33 million people watched. That was a story. It was a goofy story with evil twin referees and all of this stuff, but there was connective tissue. You go back and watch the post-match interview of Hulk Hogan that night, you know, screaming about losing the title. How much money for the plastic surgery, brother? I can't believe it. The title was so important. It was the most important thing in the world to Hulk Hogan and all the little Hulksters like me, brother. And Cody's like, Nah, go ahead, Rock. You got it. And now there's these conspiracy theories about the Rock and the board. And now the Rock is positioning himself to to. And, it, and it's like, Oh my God, I think some of you have lost your mind. You have, and this you've worked yourself into a shoot. Everyone believes they knew exactly what was going to happen. It's February fifth. Let the story play out. If Philadelphia rolls around and the story sucks, you have every right to be upset. But let the story play out a little bit. These are a different group of individuals in charge. Vince McMahon isn't gone. He's not in charge of anything anymore. There's an entire Kevin Dunn is gone. He's not in charge of anything anymore. There is an entirely different group of individuals setting all of this up. Let them let them set it up, and if WrestleMania gets here and it sucks, it sucks. Boo it. Don't watch it. Protest it. Do whatever you want to do, but let the story play out.
2: That's fair. I'm just, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I am I, I want to see Cody's explanation, I guess.
1: Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no. Right now, the story sucks. Yeah.
2: Yeah, right now, No, is, but I see, like, ass. they're thinking they can fix it, but it's just, I wonder how they're going to try and fix it is my point, how you, how you try to fix that.
1: You better fix it, because this ain't it, because right now, uh, we're on the LeBron James page of this book. Page one, and it sucks. You better find a way to make me come back and and read page two, three, four, five, and so on and so on and so on, because right now, man, it's a mess.
2: They got social media popping, though. I know they're big on that.
1: Yeah. You, so, I say sometimes...
2: I wonder how much of it is like Triple H and them pulling the strings with all this, too. I don't know. How much of this is planned?
1: Some, sometimes the most predictable end to a story is the right end. Cody beating Roman in Philadelphia is the right end to this story. But there's a curveball in here. So maybe there's a better end to this story. I also think there's probably other things to take into account. And this is this is this is getting a little deep in the weeds, but I do think, like, is Netflix a factor? Do we still with Vince McMahon? Because my my belief is with Vince McMahon, anyone who's associated with Vince McMahon is going to be gone. So obviously, Laurynitis is already gone. Kevin Dunn has been gone. I think Bruce Pritchard, if he hasn't been fired, is going to be fired soon. Like anyone who was associated with him in his circle, they're going to be out. This is going to be an entirely different group booking and planning these shows on a night-to-night basis and on a week-to-week basis. What is the point of this so-called brand extension? There's no point in having two different rosters on these shows anymore. You're going to have one on Netflix that you better load up to make them happy. You're going to have one on USA, and you need to maintain that partnership with NBC Universal. End the brand split, which means you can go back to having one champion. If you get to one champion by Cody beating Seth and then going on at some point to beat Roman Reigns, so be it. That works, too. Tell the story. But I think we're getting to a point where we need one champion. And, like, there's speculation. Maybe it happens at Madison Square Garden. That ties the Dusty Rhodes thing in where Dusty, you know, beat, uh, I think it was superstar Billy Graham, but it wasn't. You know, it was a wonky finish, so he had the title in his hands. They took the title away. They referenced it like 10 times. You could tell the story, and I'm going to give you time to it. I'm going to give you time to tell it. But right now, as Lisey's saying, right now, strong Batista vibes right now. And I never thought, it goes to show you the power of, it goes to show you how well WWE has done in telling this Cody Rhodes story. Everyone is invested in it. To the point where they're booing The Rock.
2: Yeah, it's crazy when you think about it.
1: They're booing the biggest movie star on the planet. Who they have long forgiven for coming and going in the industry. They have long forgiven him for that. But he's interfering with the story that has a near two year investment in it. And fans, rightfully so, aren't happy. But again, it's February 5th and WrestleMania is a long way away.
2: Just give it time.
1: Yeah, but don't screw up anymore. Please. Because Friday was an L. Yeah. Friday, but it was a cliffhanger L. The only part that bothered me was like, okay, this is left open for interpretation. What does this all mean? Until you see press conference in Las Vegas. It's rock and roll. It's like, oh, all right. It well, actually doesn't mean anything. Nope, we know what it means. There's, there's, there's no interpretation needed for that. Let's see what Cody says tonight. I assume he's challenging Seth Rollins. By the way, he goes against Seth Rollins. He, does Cody have to beat Seth?
2: Yeah, we got. We, he's got to get something at this. No, I'm point. just saying because yeah. that'd
1: be like the fourth straight time he's beat Seth Rollins. And I know Punk's injury probably threw a huge, a huge monkey wrench into all of this. Um.
2: What if you unify them? Um, what if um, we just Daniel Bryan this whole thing, have him beat Seth day one or or day one or whatever, and beat Roman day two, and then boom, unify the titles right there.
1: Well, where's the, how's the Rock factor in?
2: Gosh, yeah, the Rock messed up everything. He's Triple Threat. That's how you Daniel Bryan it. the Triple Threat. He wins to get into that match.
1: So the the so I like it, but the Rock Roman match loses all of its steam if you throw Cody in it.
2: So they have, do you think they have to be one-on-one no matter what?
1: The match loses all, it doesn't mean as much if you don't. Like, this isn't Batista versus Randy Orton. Yeah. This is The Rock versus Roman Reigns. This is the one of the biggest stars in the history of the company versus a guy who's had the title for almost four years. But the problem, well.
2: Well, then I don't think you can't do it then. It's just got to be Rock versus Roman, and then everyone's just got to be mad, I guess.
1: You better find a way to make people happy.
3: Because this, this
1: isn't uh, uh, whatever that, that pay-per-view that Sammy didn't beat him. Remember this? the yeah, but, yeah. It's not that. This is WrestleMania. I think there were a lot of people who booked their trip to Philadelphia thinking they were going to see Cody's crowning moment. Now, that's your fault, but let's see what happens next. Let's see what happens next. By the way, this, this is some WrestleMania story. What the hell happened with Cliff Kingsbury and the— and the Las Vegas Raiders.
2: I think what's trying to be reported that coming out of that is that they weren't able to get a deal finalized.
1: So was it was it an actual contract? Like was there was it an actual dollars and cents issue? Or did Washington come along and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't sign there yet. We want to offer you uh the same spot here. With our team,
2: from what I've seen, has been very vague. I'm not sure if Washington came in and swooped in, or they didn't get like him and the Raiders didn't get something done, and then the um and then Washington came in because it was kind of like it was on one day, right?
1: Well, when we were at Sky River, Cliff Kingsbury, I thought was going to be the the offensive coordinator for the Raiders, and then it was over the weekend. I don't remember I think, what day it was. Yeah, I think it, it was, was like
2: Saturday. Or, it was either one of those yeah, days. It was, it was Saturday, quick. and then like a couple hours later, it was like, yeah, he's going to Washington. So it was probably maybe Washington told him we're going to draft Caleb.
1: Mm. Maybe
2: they. Have some intel that the Bears probably aren't going to take him. They're going to stick with Fields or something because he did work with Caleb Williams at
1: USC. Kingsbury. Well, so that brings up another interesting. So Luke Getsy is the he's he took the he 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 took the job as Antonio Pierce's OC. He was with Chicago. That should dead any Justin Fields. To, yeah, that's to not, not going to work. Yeah, that 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 clearly was a that marriage didn't work. So I don't know what Chicago's plans are. There's there's certainly going to be. Uh, an interesting team to follow but what a weird couple of days it was
2: that's got it's tough
1: for, for the, the Raiders. Raiders yeah absolutely I mean, you, you that hire, was a big hire
2: you hire AP or whatever and like I'm even like from them like you hire AP vibes are up Harbaugh goes to the Chargers all right then your two biggest rivals are playing super white your place oh. you're gonna get Kingsbury we all thought oh that's awesome for the Raiders That's great everything's looking up now he's gone again yeah and you got the guy the Bears fired now
1: yeah I did not I did not I did not like that recovery from Clink, Cliff Kingsbury. I did not like that Luke Etsy hire at all.
2: Yeah, it's it's already starting off on the wrong foot for Antonio Pierce too. When I mean, I'm not saying needs all the help he can get like in a bad way, but more so like he's gonna need like the right guys around him.
1: Yeah, he's also your second choice. Yeah, I mean, maybe and may, maybe it works out, um, but that that it sure feels like any 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 you talk about fantasy booking. It sure feels like any fantasy booking of of. Justin Fields to the Las Vegas Raiders is dead dead uh, after uh, Antonio Pierce went and signed his former offensive coordinator. Uh, One more quick note before we get back to the Sacramento Kings and the NBA. uh, MetLife Stadium will host the World Cup finale. I think it was, I think it was Chris Long. I don't remember who it was. One of those guys who said, oh, this is brilliant. Put the world's most expensive ACLs on the MetLife turf. See, but the thing is they
2: they mm. they they're, they're bringing in the grass fields for this though. Gonna, are they yeah, really? Yeah, they're going to replace the turf with the grass fields. You guys can do it. We know you can do it. All of the stadiums,
1: all the stadiums are going to be grass. How do you feel if you're an NFL player here that? Like just oh, you're, my, you're, my joke to you. You're re- exactly. Yeah, you're you're replacing it for them and just leaving yeah, us yeah, out there. Yeah, they're to not us.
2: they're not playing on turf.
1: Okay. Oh, that's
0: spectacular. That is spectacular.